What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. Today's show was amazing. I just got done talking to Ray and Priscilla de Leon. Um, they have a rental portfolio in Salt Lake City. They were part of our seven-figure flipping group. They're in our seven-figure multifamily mastermind now. They have an amazing story, um, a ton of information on this podcast, and we talked about um, money. We talked about when to sell your rentals, when to uh, cash out equity, uh, why you would, what would you do with it, all of these things, uh, home equity line of credits. Um, oh, it was an amazing show, and I think everybody has to listen to this. This is very prevalent, uh, or um this is very important right now in today's market. Everything that's going on um, with the economy and all this stuff, it was very timely. I had an amazing conversation with them. And uh, you got to stick around, check this out. We'll roll the theme music, and then we'll come back with Ray and Priscilla. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. What is up, everybody? We are back with another amazing show for you guys. And today we're going to talk about um, some rental properties and what we're going to do with equity, stuff like that. Really exciting uh, show today. Um, I actually had a conversation with my guest today at Multifamily Live, our multifamily event, and that conversation spawned this podcast because so many people have been asking me the same question, and um, I want to answer it for all of you. And I know that if one person has that question, then hundreds of people have the question. So uh, today I've got Priscilla and Ray de Leon on the podcast, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun today. So uh, you guys want to take just a minute to give like your background um, kind of how you got started in real estate, that kind of thing? Yeah, of course. Um, so we started back in 2010. Um, we started with education, uh, reading Robert Kiyosaki's book. And uh, it took us about a year, year and a half to to start, learn how to buy our first rental property. Uh, we looked over hundreds of properties before we actually bought our very first single family home in Salt Lake City, Utah. And we grew um, that business slowly um, for the past 10, 12 years now. Uh, we own 13 doors, so not much, but they cash flow beautifully. And we were able to retire. I was able to retire um, very early. Um, and he retired two years ago. Two years ago. Yes. So we officially both retired. Uh, with our cash flow, and um, yeah, I, we've just been doing rentals. We started doing flips a couple years ago, and uh, but our emphasis are rentals, and that's where we we want to stay, and, and that's where we want to grow a little bit more. I love when I asked you if you want to do the podcast. You're like. Are you sure you want us on the Seven Figure Flipping podcast? Because we pretty much just like buy rental properties, yeah. and I was like, yeah, absolutely, I do. So. Uh, retired does that mean like truly retired like you guys or is it just like your full-time real estate investors or do you really just kind of do nothing <laughs> no, no no retired from our job if you want to you know you want to see it from that standpoint but um she she stopped working when my daughter was about i think it was six about months six old. months and we were able to acquire enough properties to to cover all all her income and some 
And then we continued doing it. And as we got, as we got more properties, I was able to, um, right after joining you guys, uh, joining Southern Figure Flipping, I took the leap of faith and uh, I retired. I left my job after 14 years. Um, I was there 14 years making good money, probably 100,000, but and good benefits and everything. But um, I saw that there was bigger potential in flipping properties. And the first month that I left uh, the company, we ended up flipping our first uh, first two properties after quitting, which doubled our income, which was beautiful. But uh, we don't, we haven't been doing massive amount of, uh, of, of you know flips or buying a lot of rentals, but we cash flow enough that we're able to to um, you know not have a, to worry about having a job. It covers our expenses. It covers it, our it expenses. Covers all of- all of our things but you know obviously our goal is to continue to grow continue yes. to learn and expand in, in larger commercial multifamily uh, apartment investing so yes we are retired in the sense that our expenses are covered if we didn't want to work we don't have to work but obviously we love what we do we love to grow and joining the group has been such a, a beautiful experience um and it's teaching us so much. So we're going to be able to, I hope we're going to be able to um, expand and, and grow our business substantially in the next couple of years. I love, I love that line you just said, like we work, we, we don't have to work because we have to. Like we don't work because you have to. I say that all the time. Like I work right now because I want to, not because I have to. And <laughs> that's where I wanted to get to before when I was flying airplanes and helicopters for the Navy. I was like, I just feel like I might be working my entire life just for a paycheck and my income. And if anything goes wrong, I'm kind of screwed, right? Or I have to get really stressed out or be really worried about money or time or those kind of things. So uh, that's what I say all the time. I work because I want to, not because I have to. And I really love that. And it's really true. Like we have enough money that I can retire and like truly retire. Hopefully, I don't know that I would be able to live like a massively lavish life forever um but i don't think you're retiring just I, I, I think the most important thing is the freedom yes yeah not having to ask someone for or your boss for vacation time now that's one of the things that really i couldn't stand as an entrepreneur to ask uh, my someone to give me permission to spend time with my family and mm. that was my why right there yeah. that was my why i needed to have my own freedom to do what I wanted to do in my own time. And and the other form of freedom is, okay, now that things are covered, my expenses are covered, I have the freedom of choice to do whatever it is I truly want to do. And that is massive, I think. I think a lot of people are hoping to reach that, um, you know, that, that, that to be able to have that liberty that you can actually now pursue what you were passionate about and that's what real estate has done for us that's awesome you uh ray you're very much like me i actually left active duty navy because i did not want to ask for permission to go on vacation i had to put in this little leave chit i wrote about in the book i put in a leave chit i have to submit it and then it has to be signed by multiple people i have to make sure it's all signed before i can even book my trip and go on vacation i was like 
this is for the birds, man. I got to figure out how to stop doing yeah. this. So yeah. um, what did you guys do before this? I, I don't know the answer to that. So what did you guys do before this? What were your jobs? So I worked in um, accounting and HR. And I was in the aerospace industry uh, for a company in Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay, cool. Um, what did you do in aerospace? Right. Uh, we were. I was responsible for shipping all hazardous materials, uh, carbon fiber, all over the world and all over the U.S. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so, has any of that? Did any of that help you as you get started in real estate? Any it of just, your background? I, well, you know what? It fueled me to see corporate America do the things that they do to every employee uh, every year. I was, it would just fuel me to, to do more and to create something with my wife for our future and to have that freedom. That's what fueled me. You know, it was, it was a good job. I, I think that it was a stepping stone as well. I don't, I don't uh, see the company that I used to work for as a bad one. I just think that there were limitations, there on, was limitations growth. On, on growth and, and I didn't see myself um, moving up as other people were, but um, I had my mindset and my focus on acquiring properties, rental properties, and also flipping on the side too. So that way I can create that uh, another source of income to in case one day they say, hey, Ray, we don't need you anymore. And I had that cushion to fall onto. Mm -hmm. If you want to see that. As far as me, it just helped me with all the administrative duties of managing our rentals. So that's that's one thing that I, you know, was able to easily translate into our new business um, was just being able to be that administrator and, and learn how to do the property management because we have managed all of our rentals from day one and we still do. Um, we moved out of state uh, last year and we're still managing them virtually and we put in the systems in place years prior to our decision to move uh, leading up to that to that change. So that, that really helped me out. So before we jump into the question that you guys asked me at that event, uh, you yeah. said that you looked at a hundreds of properties before you bought your first one. Why yeah. did you do that? And I mean, how can you even do that? Like look at hundreds of properties before you buy one. So I read every book that I could get my hands on. Um, I read, I worked for Robert, one of Robert Kiyosaki's coaching companies and I had access to all his books. And so I devoured all of them. Um, I wanted to know everything I could know about the business um, because at the time for us to save up, which what our down payment was $6,000. That was a lot of money for us at the time. Um, so I felt a great responsibility not to squander that money, um, by this wild hair idea of owning rentals. I had to convince my husband, um, to get into real estate and to, you know, join me on this ride. And he was, he was really good, um, about it, but again, very cautious. And so that's why we looked at multiple properties. This was during the recession. Um, so the other reason was every single person we knew, uh, with family, coworkers, friends, everybody was telling us that we were absolutely crazy for buying, for wanting to buy a rental. 
and um, tons of people tried to talk us out of it. And so that it was a little bit of that as well. It's okay. I I'm going to let the numbers make that decision for me, and we're going to take this risk. And no one in our family had ever owned rental property. Um, actually, I think in our immediate family, we're the first homeowners. At the time, we were the first homeowners. Um, so it, it's it was pretty big. I mean, we're both um, immigrants, so we came from a, a slightly different background than most people. Um, so it was a big, big decision for us. And that's why we analyzed easily between 150 and 200 houses before we, um, we, we got, but we also put in a lot of lowball offers. Um, and so the first one that actually stick was at a single family home that we bought for 56 K they wanted 70 and we got it for 56 K. So not a bad deal. So when I asked you that question, you were both laughing. Yeah. Um, like, why did you look at 150 to 200? And even in your answer, it was kind of like, well, you know, at the time we, we did this, we did that. And you're kind of like giggling. Like, I don't I don't even know why it was that hard. So yeah. um, one thing I wrote down was as you're laughing, it's like the thing is, it's really hard when you're in it. So like I, I was given a presentation this week about mm -hmm. when I got started and what how, the way things are right now, how it's been a really challenge to buy houses in the past few years. And we have so many people that are massively successful in a market that is really competitive, right? We're competing against cash buyers, people are overpaying, iBuyers, all these things, and it's hard to find a deal, right? And so, but, but when I was starting in 2015, I remember sending out postcards and my phone was ringing off the hook, but it, it was hard for me then, like it was hard. And I look back now and I'm like, that was the easiest time ever to buy houses it, right? since I've been in the industry, right? And you guys, same thing. You're probably looking back to 2010 when you started, like we should have bought all those houses that we looked at, every single one of them. And so what I wrote down was like, it's really hard when you're in it, no matter when you start, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you start in a recession, in a boom, any of those times, it's gonna be hard because it's new. But when you look back, it's really easy. You look back now and you're like, you're laughing right now yeah. at yeah. yourself when you started because yeah. the rear view mirror is always laughable. It's always like, oh my gosh, it's, it was so easy then. I, I even use the term, I was shooting fish in a barrel, it seemed like in 2015 when I was doing deals. Like we did 67 deals the first year, but like the first one was so hard. And the yeah. second one was a little bit easier and then a little bit easier and a little bit easier to the point where now it's really easy. And as I'm coaching people and talking to people, they're like, how can you even just say that? Like you're talking about sending $600,000 via a wire for a house mm -hmm. and it's easy for you. What do you even talk? I was like, I think it's worth 800. So why wouldn't I send it and I'll just sell it in two days. And so right. it's just become a little bit easy. And then, so new things are always hard until you go through it and it becomes easy. So if anybody's listening and you're, you're just getting started or you haven't started yet, like, so you just have to go through the process. You have to do it. I, I, talk, I think about my son riding his bike for the first time all the time, teaching him how to ride his bike. It's like falling down, falling down. I get like five minutes, 10 minutes, like, daddy, I'm done. I'll never do this. And then like, you know, four days later, he's out there like hands off the handlebars doing crazy stuff. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, it's easy now. I don't even have to think about it. It's just, we learn this stuff. So what advice would you give to people who are in that same situation? They're looking at hundreds of houses. They think they can't right now, or it's hard. Like, would you have done anything different? 
what would you recommend to those people who are just in the beginning stages and they're not laughing yet, right? Like yeah. you guys just were, they're sitting there going, I don't think this is ever going to happen for me. I well, think, I think the most important thing is knowledge. Knowledge is power, you know, um, reading books, it's good, but also just getting to know other people that are trying to do the same thing. So that way they can help you with their experiences to basically crunch that timeline. Collapse that timeline. Collapse it, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that the properties we got, we should have got them a lot sooner and we should have got at least four or five times the amount. But I think what it is is lack of experience, lack of knowledge. So the most important thing I, I, I say to whoever wants to get into this is, is to get together with people that have been there already. Mm -hmm. That way they can get knowledge a lot quicker. I mean, like right now, we got into seven-figure flipping. I mean, the seven-figure multifamily. And we're learning so much. I mean, things have been opening up for us that before were very foreign. And we should have been doing this years ago when it started. Yeah. But because we we thought it was a lot harder than what it is. You a know? lot of times you make mountains out of molehills <laughs> and you, you're in analysis paralysis and you're so worried of, you know, what can go wrong. And that's where your, your network is so important. And the one thing I wish I could change was that if we had joined a mastermind group, if we had joined a group years prior, um, because we would have been light years ahead of where we're at now. Um, we operated as an island. It was just the two of us yeah. and our books. That's and nice, and you, a book is great to yeah. open up that curiosity, but you can't ask a book a question of like, you know, just things that arise right now, you know, you may have a title issue, you may have the seller comes back and makes a change or interest rates change, or there's always something, there's always going to be something no matter what phase you're in and what, where the economy is at, there will always be something. And so, um, number one thing, number one thing would be at education, absolutely education and surrounding yourself with the right people, uh, people that are that have done it, that have experience, and that can um, definitely collapse those timelines for you. Yep. Don't be like us, that we, it took us 10 years to do this. Yes, we're, we're doing, we're, we're blessed. We feel blessed and we're grateful for where we're at, but we could have been so much further ahead had we had, had we explored and, and joined a, a group of people that, you know, that knew more than us. I'll tell you, like everybody that I interview says, I could have been so much further or I should have been so much for further or all of these things, you know, and honestly, like you guys are exactly where you're supposed to be right now, you know, and, and I, I, I look back, I see some of the 22, 23 year old that join our mastermind group and I'm like, oh my gosh, like if I was doing this when I was 23, yes. oh my goodness, this yes. would be a totally different ball game. Um, but I don't know where I would be, you know? I don't know what I would be doing, don't know where I would be. I feel like, you know, when I look back, a lot of times, like, I couldn't have bought more houses. I didn't have any money. 
you know? Like, but and then I was, oh, yeah, but if I learn, to learn how to raise money or if I learn how to right. use other people's money or do all these things, it's like, ah, I don't know. I might not have had the experience, not, not had the, um, I, I might not have been a good steward of their money at the time, not made the right decisions, like all these things, you know? I just, I, I don't know, a lot of that. But I will tell you, um, the thing that I, that I heard from you is you, you were getting the education uh, you know, reading the books, doing all these things. A lot of times that slows us down, getting too much of that, right? The analysis paralysis kind of goes from there. But I feel like you had the wrong voices, right? You had voices of don't go, stop, like caution, be careful. Like it's a recession. I remember that time. I, I bought a house in 2009. And um, I bought a house in 2006. I bought a house in 2009. Bought a couple of houses in 2012. Like it was people who were like, are you crazy? You're going to buy a house right now? Like nobody buys houses right now what's wrong with you exactly. instead of what i hear now inside of our group at our meetings and all this stuff it's like wait you only bought 10 houses this month like yeah. what's why, why are you stopping at 10 like what's right. it, it's just people that are going to push you to be the best version of yourself not to be the same as them which yeah. is which is really cool because we need those people in our life we need all the people that you had that are your friends and your family and those kind of things. They support you in different ways, but they don't need to be giving us financial advice from the couch on the two hours after their 12 hour work day that they're drinking a beer and watching TV to unwind while we're out trying to change the world, you know, and our financial future and stuff. So like, I don't really take advice from people who um, I don't want to become or I don't want their life and those kind of things. So there's, uh, it's very interesting to, to hear that. So I think uh, you nailed it kind of with your, um, I think your network is really important. And just the voices, like, who are you listening to? What do you, who are you surrounding? Because they will push you to, to just do more and be more of yourself. They'll like, they'll like, um, like amplify you, I feel like. Like yeah. people that I love to spend time with, they amplify me, which I really love. Instead of making me somebody that I'm not or what I want to do, I love people that just like, man, I, I, your energy is so amazing. I want more. I want to figure out how to amplify who you are, not become who I think you should be. And that's, that's what I love about our group and really any mastermind I've ever been in that I love. So, all right, let's get to this question. Okay. Like right. you guys asked me a question at this event, you have a bunch of rentals, you're thinking about getting a larger multifamily, all of these things, you got opportunities and you have a ton of equity tied up in these rental properties, right? You've owned them for a long time. They're in Salt Lake city, an area that has boomed, right? It's very highly desirable. The demand is really high. Houses are still today selling for a ton like over asking all this stuff. It's just crazy right. market in, in your area, Nashville, a lot of the areas that a lot of our members are. And so you kind of, um, why don't you guys tell me, do you remember what you asked me? Like, what is the conversation that we had? Yeah. So we were looking, um, of unloading one of our, one of our duplexes, uh, older one, it's performing great. We just renovated it. Um, and we thought, you know, this would be the right time to exit this property. And I asked you, you know, we have this much equity tied up in it. And, you know, we feel that we have to sell it in order to jump into multifamily and put it as our down payment. And that was our question, um, because we're in that equity trap that a lot of people in this nation are going to be in. Right. Because interest rates are, are rising. And so now refinance cash out refinance are not is not a really good option for a lot of people in this current market. Um, but you have a lot of equity. Do you want to sell a great, you know, property that's performing in, in a great booming market that it's going to continue if the trend continues, 
there's going to be more cash flow. It's going to have more appreciation. So how do you weigh those things? What, you know, where, where do you say, okay, I can actually move the money from this property and put it into another vehicle that's going to give me better returns. And that, that was my question to you. Can we, can we talk about the numbers like openly? We won't give the address or anything like that, but can we talk about like purchase price, rental rates, value, all that stuff? Like, what does that look like? Just for context, I think it'd be helpful for them to know like, what what's locked up what the mortgages are those kind of things All right, break up has, yeah. <laughs> so, all right so this is a, a duplex located in uh close to downtown salt lake city it's built is a 1948 build two bedroom one bath back unit one bedroom one bath front unit we currently owe 92,000 on it. Um, our, what is, uh, our payment is $791 a month. And that includes um, insurance and um, taxes and everything. Yep, P-I-T-I. Yeah. And for those that don't know what that is, principal interest taxes insurance. The back unit right now is renting for twelve seventy five, <laughs> which is low. It should be at fourteen hundred. Um, and the front unit is renting. It it's actually on the market, about to be rented for eleven hundred a month. But currently, it's at nine fifty. Right? But currently at nine fifty, yeah. Because in a year, that's how much the market has has changed. Okay, what did you guys buy this for? Uh, 114. So you bought it for 114,000. When did you buy it? 120 or 114. Uh, we bought it in 2013. 14? 14, yeah. 2013, 2014. Okay. So you bought it, let's just call it 120. You owe 92. Your mm -hmm. payment is 791. Um, what's the interest rate? Do you know what the interest rate is? Uh, it's super 5. high. 5.1? 5. <laughs> yeah. 5.1? Yeah. Hey, um, if you're listening to this right now, I'm going to give you a reminder. In 2013, 5.1% interest rate um, that they got on this house, and they're not freaking out right now. And they're not going to freak out when interest rates are 6% because it's just yeah. a number that doesn't really matter. Like, right. it, it matters to, it matters to, like, honestly, it, it matters to the numbers, it matters to the deals, but the numbers are the numbers. So whatever it is, you, you run the numbers. And right. so if you were investing or buying houses in any time before the last like f four or five years, then a 3% interest rate is not even something that was in your vocabulary. No. Okay. A 5% interest rate, you're probably doing backflips getting a 5.1 at that time. Like you're excited. Yeah, our, about it. our credit was excellent. Excellent. We had a lot of equity in the property because we actually seller financed this property for mm. the year um, because we were all our money was tied up buying a fourplex and the seller was willing to sell or finance this property for us for an entire year. So um, we had a lot of equity in it by that interest rate was the best we could possibly get. We had really good credit and um, all our financials were in, in a really good place. So that was a really good interest rate at the time. Side note, when interest rates started dropping, we went back to a couple loan officers to see if refinancing to that lower interest rate would be beneficial. When they ran the numbers, the closing costs 
and the new assessed tax value of this property um, and the new insurance uh, rate would not make it, it, it wouldn't benefit us to refinance. So we didn't, most of our properties have original financing on them. Hmm. And what is this house worth? Like if you could sell it right now, what is this duplex, would it sell for today, do you think? 475. 475. Yes. Okay, so you bought it for 120,000 about 10 years ago, give or take, maybe uh, nine years ago, eight years ago. And uh, it's worth 475 today. So we're at like a 4X multiple, a 400% increase on the price of the house. Um, you are making somewhere around, let's see, $2,400 in rent. Mm -hmm. So you're cash flowing like what? Sixteen hundred dollars, fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred dollars a month. Sixteen hundred, yeah. Yeah, before any maintenance or or vacancies or all the other things that you have to build into a rental property, right? Right. That is pretty good for a house that you bought for one hundred twenty thousand. And um, a little tip I would like to share with everyone who's listening: um, find yourself what's worked for us incredibly was finding a great home warranty company. Um, we have a home warranty in place on all our rentals and it helps us a lot with all the repairs and having just a streamlined um, system of repair requests and having those repairs, you know, repaired, <laughs> having, having, all the having all the maintenance done professionally on a timely basis and it helps me with my books. Um, of course, it doesn't cover everything, but you know, it, it's definitely worth the money. Yeah. Is there a company that you guys recommend in your area specifically, or do you want to name yeah. one? In Salt Lake City, and they only cover Salt Lake City, unfortunately, is Elevate Home Warranty. Cool. Yeah. I've, I've put a few of those home warranties on my rentals in the past, and I've I, it's been hit and miss. Like I was, I, is it, I had a ton of rentals. I wouldn't say a ton. I had like 10 rentals in Pensacola, and mm -hmm. I was putting warranties on some of them to try that out. And um, just depending on who I would get, like the big national companies, I just felt like I would got some poor service. Um, there were times where it really did help though, like especially for the major, some of the major mechanicals and things like that that I could insure. Um, you just have to run the numbers. Like it's a risk reward, right? right. It's basically an insurance policy if something happens. And you're kind of hoping like, uh, slap one of those on right before the air conditioner goes out if it's covered, you know, and then the yeah. deductible small and uh, you just run the numbers just like refinancing. You run the numbers. Anytime I refinance, look at the closing costs, the change in my payment. How long do I have to own that property before I break even on right. the cost that I have to pay to change my payment down a bit um, to do so? So, right. um, okay. So we had a conversation about this and my specific advice was you guys were, uh, Plan, like interested in selling some of these properties to pull out equity to use them to go do something with like people that you guys are cash flow investors you have these properties but a lot of your money and equity is tied up in the properties right so you have a, a large net worth but it's sitting in assets right I see a lot of that like for me I had to be like somebody asked I had to I had to show prove accreditation recently for an investment that I made and I'm sitting there like I don't have any cash in my bank accounts. It's like I got lines of credit all over. I got life insurance policies that have loans out on them. I've got hard money loans out. I've got houses. I've got airplanes. I've got all kinds of stuff, you know? I've got horses and chickens and farm that costs a bunch of money. But I, it was very hard for me to show even a million dollar net worth on paper without going through a bunch of pain. So, um, so 
what I said to you guys specifically was when, when we have money that's tied up like this is, number one, how can we go get it, right? If you sold the property, you're going to have to pay taxes. Unless you live there in two of the last five years, um, as a, uh, and for you guys, which I asked you if you did, you said no. And so if you sold the property, let's just say you, and you've been depreciating this property yes. uh, over time every year. And if you're, by the way, I'm not a CPA and this isn't like paid tax advice, but if you're, if you have rental property and you're not depreciating it, you are losing depreciation that you have to take from the IRS. If you don't claim it, it's not like you're like, I don't want to claim it because I don't want to pay depreciation recapture. If you're not claiming it, you're still going to pay it. Like you have to depreciate your property. So make sure that your depreciation schedule is, is on. Talk to your CPA, ask them, okay? Because if you're not depreciating, depreciating your property, you're just losing out on the benefits and you're going to have to pay the problem down the road without right. getting the benefits. So, um, right. so you've been depreciating it. And so when you sell it, you'll have depreciation recapture, and then you'll have um, a, a bill on top of that for the money that you made, in this case, likely long-term capital gains, which right. have a better tax, tax advantage rate um, based on uh, your, your, your level of income, your level of a tax bracket, effectively. Right. So um, well, I love long-term capital gains, by the way, because if you're in a very low tax bracket, it can be zero. So, um, so you will have to pay taxes on this building. So that's one thing to look at. And then the other thing we talked about is uh, doing a refinance, a cash out refinance or putting a, a home equity line of credit on it where you can pull money out without having to be paid tax on, on it, right? And, but ultimately the conversation went to a place uh, that I wanna talk to everybody about is what are you gonna do with your equity? So you guys live off the cash flow. you love that stuff. So it's okay, well, I got this cash flow, I like this cash flow, I want more of this cash flow, or I want to keep this cash flow, right? So if right. I sell it, I lose that cash flow, and maybe I can take it, and what are you going to go buy with it? You guys are probably going to go try to buy more cash flow, <laughs> yeah. right? And step up the cash flow. Now, right. the problem that you run into is you want to go do multifamily syndications. And one thing that I talked to you guys about specifically is you have enough equity to go do deals yourself. Mm -hmm. You actually don't have to syndicate the deals. So the only question that has to be answered is, can I take this money and go buy more cash flow than what I have right now, if that's what you're looking for? Or is it gonna give me a, more, a larger net worth increase and am I willing to take a smaller amount of cash flow to grow my net worth? But even deeper than that, it becomes, what opportunity do you have that you're gonna take this and go do something with? Because a lot of your questions revolved around, well, I feel like this this duplex is going to continue to rise in value over time, long-term. It'll mm -hmm. be paid off one day and we will be making more money because rents are gonna increase too. Right. Which is 100% accurate, right? For right. everyone. But everything that I look at is, if I have this much access to this much equity and this much cash, or this, this much assets or whatever it is, mm -hmm. what can I do with it now that I couldn't do with it before or I didn't have before. So could I, if I pull any money out of this, sell it, refinance, do whatever, uh, home equity line of credit, mm -hmm. where am I gonna put it? And am I gonna make more money on where I could put it today than where I put it in the past? Um, the fact that it's locked up and not making you any money, because most people are like, oh my gosh, they only owe $92,000 and you're looking at like my payment is $791, I'm cash flowing $1,600 off $92,000 in debt. Mm -hmm. 
But that's not really true. Like, it's not true. Because what's true is you're cash flowing $1,600 off of almost $300,000 of equity. So if you take 475 of what you could sell, what's it, what it's worth, right? Subtract 92,000 is what you owe. Let's call it 300 and it's really like 383, doing public math here. 383, we'll call it 375 for ease of math. Mm-hmm. Because you have some closing costs and stuff like that too. So let's call it 375. So you're cashing like $1,600 on 375. So now the question is like, could I take 300, by the way, you could take $375,000 today and do a hard money loan at 12% interest, just 12% flat, and make $3,750 right. on it. That's what 12% uh, interest is on $375,000. So, and I know, a, I know a group of like 300 investors that would love to pay 12% interest and no points. So with all that being said, this is what I'm talking about is you have opportunities now to, to take this equity, this equity that's locked up is not, it, on paper, it looks like that kind of cash flow is great, but the question is, what else could I do with it? So if you sold it, you could do things like that. You could put it in multifamily. You could put it a lot of different places to potentially do better exactly. than you're doing right now. And right. that's what that's the challenge that I pose to everybody, is not to look at what we paid for it or what we, in, what we have into it, but look at how much locked up equity that's not free is in there that could we do something more with it going forward? Right. And do we even want to do that? So, um, yeah. okay, I talked for a long time. What did you guys take from the conversation I, that we had? I have a thought, I, and I've been thinking about this. Um, I think I've been going and looking for uh, a way to increase our HELOCs. Because on this property, we have a HELOC for $104,000. Just 150. Or 150? 150. Okay. So you have a you have a line of credit. You have a first position yeah. mortgage at 92,000 that you owe yes. and then you have a $150,000 line of credit on it. That we don't owe anything on. So what I'm thinking what is available. increasing them. I'm looking for banks to increase um, the HELOCs on each of these properties. That's that has been my task. Mm -hmm. And also getting um, a HELOC on my property and also um, have access to the equity on this. On, on this our personal home, home. On personal home, uh, which I found a bank uh, called uh, PanFed. They are giving me 80, I think it was 85 up to 85 LTV. LTV. Mm -hmm. They could go higher, but I decided to stay at 70 because the interest was a lot lower, but I'm getting a good amount of money. I'm in the process of doing that. But what I was thinking is... Um, Increasing these HELOGs and using them to to um, be part of, uh, you know, either an LP or buy ourselves or be, you know, put that as a down payment for a bigger property. Mm -hmm. And yes, I'm going to have a payment on that, but it's going to be half minimal, minimal you know. And so I'm thinking, okay, so I can cash flow from that. Let's say if I was cash flowing 1300 from 150,000. Okay, my payment's about, let's say, 800, yeah. 750. Mm -hmm. I'm getting cash flow from it and I'm paying the HELOC. That's and at the same time, at the end of the year, I can write off the tax. The interest. The interest that I'm paying, which is all interest. So. Yeah, you get to legally double dip, right? And 
this is the best after our conversation he says shop around for lines of credit because we do have a line of credit but it it's not what it should be because when that loan was set up we it was the the value of the property is not what it is today so that's we took your advice we're literally in the mid, middle of doing all those things of looking and shopping around different banks to see who can give us the best most favorable um HELOC terms we don't want to sell the properties um because we don't feel for for our situation it, it doesn't make sense to sell the properties at this point if later on down the line as we learn more about uh, larger apartment complexes and syndications and and that entire process once we learn more about that then it, it may make sense at some point to unload these properties and get into a bigger property or maybe it won't it, it's all part of you know what we get to learn who we're around and you know your network is your network so as we learn from other people that have been doing this and have a lot more experience than us, then we'll be able to make a better choice as to whether we want to keep them or not keep them or move things around. Another option is a blanket loan. Um, we can do that with all our properties. And just instead of having all these individual loans, we can have one big loan and we could tap into that. But again, cash out refinances or cash out opportunities are a little bit the numbers aren't aren't working in our favor right now. So a home equity line of credit is the best of both worlds. We get to tap into that equity without selling it, without having to pay the capital gains. And we can use that equity to buy, um, you know, more real estate, but real estate that, you know, it, it's not um, individual, you know, on the residential side. Now this is larger apartment complexes that we're going to have teams of property managers manage them and we're going to oversee that you know that property that project and and the net you know what we can increase our net worth on those is much more than if we ever bought a single family home or a duplex the benefits are much greater so for us it makes sense to tap into that equity through a home equity line of credit move that money and buy more real estate with better returns um, you know, and if we really want pajama money, uh, like one of these other authors that we listen to, uh, you know, mailbox money, we could just do a hard money, hard money loans out to everybody and make 12% and not, you know, have to put in the effort or energy into managing tenants. But for us, our passion is really to own as much real estate as we, as we possibly can get our hands on. So for us, that's the natural course that we want to take is just buy more real estate. The other thing that I see in your, you, you're like, it doesn't make sense for us. And I think that's important to, for me to emphasize because it, it doesn't make sense for you guys because you, you have systemized your business. You've got it down. Like you've got these, um, uh, you're doing self-management. You have a system locked in. You probably enjoy doing it. It's not a lot of work. It sounds like you've got these um, warranty companies on the houses. You've got all kinds of stuff set up. I'll tell you, I was getting so frustrated with my tenants and managing my own properties. It just wasn't enjoyable for me. So I, very much, I was like, okay, if this house comes vacant and I wouldn't buy it today for what I bought it for before, I'm selling it. 
So like I knew way more, I had access to better deals, I, I understood um, how to negotiate, I understood seller financing, all this stuff, and I would take that equity and then go dump it in my business, which I was able to grow really fast. So the thing that we talked about is what opportunities do you have available to you? So somebody who's just getting started might wanna sell a property, take that equity and go put it into a business as they're starting to launch and they need some seed capital, or they have other opportunities and deals, or they have more knowledge or more experience, or um, you know, it makes sense to sell. And you're always going to look back. I'm telling you right now, every single person in the future, you're gonna look back and, and look at the amount, look at the value of that home and go, I never should have sold that thing. I've never met anybody who doesn't do that. However, yeah. to that point, that's an argument that a lot of people make of why that you should never sell your houses. My argument back to them that I'd like to think is a good counterpoint is you can look back and say that about anything, like mm -hmm. almost anything, but right. how long would it take for me to realize that, that money, how much time, effort, energy has to go in, how, how much other, like how many, how many assumptions are we making here that nothing else had to happen and then if I took, let's just, let's use your example. I sell my house, I get $375,000 equity. Mm -hmm. And you could do that right now. You get $375,000 equity, yeah, you have to pay tax on it, all this other stuff. Um, and so let's say we're at $200,000, right? Mm -hmm. If you took that $200,000 and invested in something that made a massive multiple, a business, a, um, a maybe it's a multifamily deal that takes off, maybe it's a new construction home that you're building, maybe it's a, a low, I don't know lots of different things that could, you could put it into. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a startup company that you guys are gonna start with your, your kids or something. And it blows up to a million bucks, right? You, what you forget about is you look back and you look at that house 20 years from now and you go, oh my gosh, that thing's worth $850,000. Like we left $400,000 on the table. Yeah, but you turn that 200 that you took out of there into a million. Right. In four years. Yeah. Right. And then you turn that million into four more million. And so it's very easy for us to forget the opportunities that we have and where we put this money into. And everybody wants to try to control all this stuff. Like the, I think the answer is make the best decision with the information that you have right now. And then don't, don't look back and criticize your decisions. Because right. everybody just looks back and says, I shouldn't have sold that house. They forget about all the other things that they did right which is I took that capital. Now, if you took that capital and you spent it, and we had this conversation, right? On vacations, on cars that are gonna depreciate, on random junk that, that's not gonna mean anything to you, right. that's totally different than if you take the capital, that $200,000 or the, you know, the 300, three, uh, 375 mm -hmm. minus taxes, and you put it into something that is another investment that can make better returns, theoretical better returns, because we don't know, we can't control the outcome, right? Right. And so. That's what everybody has to listen to here is yeah. just take the information that you have, make a decision, stick to it and stick until to new it. information comes and then you can adjust the course. Yeah. So, so the number, number two advice I have for people is take action. Just take action. You know, take the information that you have, process that, you know, surround yourself with, with the right people, like-minded people that have more experience than you and then just take action. Because one of the things that slow, slowed us down so much was just taking, you know, taking that step and just commit, you know, commit to that step and just do it. And that's why we had so many questions for you. And we've been asking a lot of different people um, that are a lot smarter than ourselves. And 
And uh, we just gathered all that information and everybody kind of had a different point of view, but still similar. You know what, uh, Bill, you were talking about how, yes, you can, uh, you know, we're able to sell this property and we can put that money into a bigger, you know, a bigger asset or business. I've always had that desire to do that. For a long time, me and her were like going back and forth. I wanted to just unload all of them, all our properties, and go and buy something big, you know? And that way we can multiply that 10 times. And But I think, I think it's, it was good that I didn't do it in the beginning because we were talking about four or five years ago that mm-hmm. I was thinking of doing this. Now the properties have appreciated. Yeah. So he was more, he's but, speaking specifically. But, still, but, like you, but, but like you're saying, I mean, you just never know. I mean, you can look back. Yes, you you know, we've doubled our equity on our properties. But you don't know what we could have done with all that. So it, it all depends what works best for you. Yeah, you know, I think moment. what's important is ask yourself, what is important to me? Is cash flow important? Is If we're speaking specifically of rentals, is cash flow important to me? Is appreciation important to me or both? And what is right now, because our plans change, what is our goal? What is this going to get me closer to my goal or further away from my goal? And and kind of use that criteria to decide, well, this property, maybe it's not in the area I want it to be. You know, maybe I don't have what uh, the systems in place to manage it. Can I get those systems in place? Will I take, you know, the time to do that? Or... Um, you know what? No, I'm my focus is kind of over here. I, I want to do this with real estate. Maybe I want to increase uh, my flipping business, you know, and this is this is some seed money here and I can do that. And you can have better returns with flipping Then then you you have to, you know, analyze all those numbers and say, OK, yeah, you know, this rental, I could sell it and then I could put that into my flipping business and I can, you know, grow my flipping business by 20 30 percent so it it just really depends on everybody's uh what your overall goal is and and what are you what are you trying to what are you trying to accomplish i love it you guys are awesome um i'm excited i remember we were there and we were talking about lines of credit and i just sent andy a message real quick it was like give me some banks handed it over to you it's just the power of having those conversations and 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 knowing the right people to ask. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about your guys's future and what you're doing. And it's really just about making like the next right decision for each, each of you. Like, uh, we try to think like, oh, how's this going to affect me 10, 20 years from now? So many things are going to happen in, in there. I'm also really excited about this time that we're moving into. Frankly, like, I, I know people are like, oh, this is. We're increasing interest rates. Uh, the prices of houses could go down. Longer t- days on market, like. Longer than what? Like negative two days on market? Like, come on. There's like eight weeks of inventory in Nashville. There's like 30% more houses went on the market this past 12 weeks than last year. And the pendings only went down 3%. It's like market absorption. There's so many things happening. It's it's exciting. I'm 
I'm, I cannot wait to like nerd out on the data and investors phones are ringing more like their marketing is their marketing dollars are going further. Like it's really interesting to watch this stuff and just be a part of it. So I'm really excited about your guys's future and everybody out there. Um, the opportunities that are coming and all the things that that um, that are coming up that we get to see and do and, and participate in. So it's just a really fun game. Like business is yeah. fun and real estate is really fun to watch. And and I I think like um, there's an opportunity here to be to to make some serious make some decisions that can really affect the financial and future and freedom of us and our children. So exactly. it's going to be really cool, and I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it and to be a part of it with you guys and everybody else that's, that's in the mastermind and listens to the podcast and, and YouTube channel and all the stuff that we're doing right now. So I really feel Absolutely. kind of blessed to be uh, involved in this right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that where we're at in the economy, it's, we're going to enter into a renter nation, right? We're, we're going to, there's, the demand is still there. It's not going to disappear with interest rates rising. People still need the basic things to live, which is a home. You still need a place to live and a roof over your head. So as long as that's still a basic necessity, you know, it's great for us to continue to do what we love to do, which is invest in real estate, improve our communities, provide safe, clean homes for people to live in. And by doing so, you know, leaving a legacy for our family, for our friends, for our children, something that we can be proud of something that we're providing for, you know, for our world, you know? So I'm really excited to be part of the group. I'm, I, we're learning so much every single day and, uh, and we're just grateful for this opportunity. Thank you for having us on the show. I hope we were able to give some, you know, a couple tips here and there for, for anyone who's starting. And um, yeah, we're, we're just really excited to, Keep on keeping on, keep learning and keep growing. Well, you guys nailed it. It was an awesome show. I will say there's, um, you said something about this asset class. And I love, the reason why I love real estate as a, as a vehicle and a tool um, for financial freedom, time freedom, all, everything, the impact that we can make um, is because everybody needs a home. Everybody needs shelter, right? It's like the bare necessity. And it's like when you can own that, control that, there's there's a big opportunity there and a lot of the other vehicles that i see the other business opportunities those other kind of things like uh selling on amazon or stock market or all this stuff, it's like that's not really needed in the world like it's just not and it could go away and we'd be fine the mm -hmm. the fact the housing piece is like it, this is an asset class that like that that's why the the majority of billionaires millionaires everybody out there owns real estate like it's just why it's part of their portfolio so um hey it, so thank you guys for coming on the show i really enjoyed it if if anybody wants to get in touch with you guys or learn more about what you do um i, I i've been asking on the shows recently like what is a need that you guys have that I can help you with, with our audience. So maybe it's money, maybe it's multifamily deals, maybe it's rentals, maybe it's a connection that you need. Like, what do you guys need? And then how can they get in touch with you and learn more? Um, well, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, Priscilla DeLeon, or uh, we have Pacific Home Buyers um, on Instagram. And and uh, we are more than happy to, to re you know, to answer anybody's questions, to help them out with anything that um, that we know anything related to rental properties, you know, we've, we've been through the trenches and we know how to manage them. We know how to find them, how to buy them. Um, so what do we yeah. need? What do we need? What do we need? Uh, 
probably, I don't know. I, I think uh, connection with, uh, I'm still looking for the right bank that can increase our HELOCs. So yeah. if there's anyone out there We're that still knows banks. Yeah. a bank that can, you know, lend uh, for HELOCs on, on prop, you know, rental properties, that's what I'm looking for. Um, originally, I, I found uh, HenFed. Supposedly, they were doing uh, rentals, but apparently two, three months ago, they stopped. So a lot of banks are changing. changing okay, up. so if you're listening to this, very specific need that they have is increasing their line of credits on their rental properties, getting new lines of credit on rental properties, so basically like seconds or even maybe a first precision line of credit that knocks out their, their mortgage in Salt Lake City, Utah. Mm -hmm. That is a huge need. Reach out to them, please. Um, so Tyler and Andy and all of our other Salt Lake folks, if you're listening, uh, hook, hook them up and anybody else who's out there. I know we have a big audience in Salt Lake. So uh, hopefully somebody's listening, can connect you guys and just say thank you for all the value that you brought to them and they can give you a referral, phone number, things like that. So uh, that's amazing. Thank you guys so much for being here. It's awesome. I, uh, I had a great time and I look forward to, uh, to all the feedback that we get on the show. If, uh, if you guys are listening right now, uh, I want you to go to a website. Go to fliphackinglive.com right now. It's in the show notes. I want you to go there and I want you to get your ticket because what's going to happen over the next three months, the ticket prices are just going to go up like $100 every few weeks. And that's just the way it works. Like if yep. you wait, you'll pay more. And I know you're going to go and you're going to pay more. So I don't want you to pay more. Just pay what it is right now and lock in your ticket. It's in Orlando, October 13th, 14th, and 15th. Amazing event. I have some incredible things planned. The market is changing. There's things that are happening. You want to be on the pointy end of the spear. You want to be on the tip. You want to figure out what's going on. And this event will show you tactics, strategies, tools, market updates. I'm going to bring in a ton of guest speakers. There's motivation there. It's inspiring. It'll get you to take action. It'll give the education and the action that you need to jump in, get started, or to grow and scale your business, whatever it is for you. It's, who's it for? It's for everybody. It's for new investors, for experienced investors. We have people doing hundreds of deals a year that go there and learn tons. We got somebody who's never done a deal before, just learned about real estate, and can ramp up and start their business from the information given. We have a four, I think she was 14 on stage last year. It was amazing. Uh, it's really cool stuff that we do there. It's great for kids. It's a very family-friendly environment, awesome hotel. Um, I really wish that I could just come into your house, into your, uh, um, your office, your car, wherever you listen to us in the gym and just say, like, buy your ticket right here. Like, just do it because um, I love this event. It's amazing. It grows every year. And I'm going to spend probably almost a million dollars throwing this party this year. So if I'm going to spend a nearly million dollars on it, I think you should buy a ticket for like four or $500 to get your butt there because it's really cool. Um, what do you guys think? Oh, Definitely. It, it changed our life. So the first year we went, I had a broken leg. I have four broken bones in my leg and I still made it. We flew from Utah to San Diego where you had it to attend and it changed our life. So, that's all I have to say. Weren't you like wheeling around? Were you like in a wheelchair? You're like your leg I, was no. Like, I was in one of those little like little, like walker things, things like yeah. scooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and my my uh, my surgeon was so mad at me because I wasn't allowed to fly, and I wasn't allowed to like my my leg had to be above my heart at all times, which I couldn't on uh, being in the audience. Um, so yeah, it, I, it, I, <laughs> I, everyone that's listening out there, I got a little secret for you. 
if you have a broken leg or something wrong with you and you want to go, go, Bill Allen will give you VIP access. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're handicapped, so he he wants you to be in the front. They, Bill and everybody, sorry, treated, Bill. they treated me no, with so much love and care. Yeah, and what so. happened is that when Priscilla got there and they saw her with her Scooter, the scooter, and my cast. The guys were like, you know what? We're gonna let you in first, and we'll get your seat. Because VIP I, has, they they get first. We didn't get the know. VIP as far as going and having the lunch, but that's extra. But and it's worth. They it. give us the permission to go in because she had her leg, leg was broken in multiple spots. <laughs> but it was yeah. it was it was a great experience to go the first time and to be treated that way by the group. Yeah. That was really amazing. And I'm really thankful for your group. Bill, I think that the, the people that put the event together, including yourself, um, have treated everyone and including ourselves with really the with the most care. Most and care and, and I think that that's very important. When you go somewhere where they take good care of you and they really try their best to make you part of that that whole that whole event you know it's and it's immersive and i we've been to multiple events i'm a realtor in salt lake city so we've gone to many events and this is blew yeah. everybody out of the water the material the, the content yeah. the speakers the hotel the staff bill your presentations i mean they're just top notch we have not gone or met another group that can be that can outdo this group just haven't so the and the other thing is the the atmosphere, um, the synergy in the room. Everybody's yeah. there not only to learn but to help one another, and it's not easy to find that in our industry. Yep. Um, yep. Everybody has this this overall aura of, you know, I'm here to learn, I'm here to expand and to grow. But how can I help you? How can I be of service to you? And it just makes you want to do exactly the same for the next person. So that you can't put a number on. You can't you can't formulate that in anything. So you guys have done something amazing. Keep it up. And anybody who can go, please, please, please go. You won't regret. All right. I uh, I'm just gonna take that clip and I'm just gonna put it all over in my office. <laughs> I'm gonna play it on repeat. I, I really we really do work hard. I'm gonna work hard to make sure that nobody's event is better than our event. Like I, we get better every year. Um, in fact, we you just do, got off a call planning, <laughs> planning 2023. So I've got some exciting news to roll out for 2023 in a couple of weeks, I hope. Um, so, uh, it, oh, I, I mean, it's just, it's awesome. I love doing this. And for the next three months, this is all I'm going to be doing. It's focusing on this and, and creating the structure and the plan. And it's going to change and I'm going to adjust and move things around so that we give you like up to the minute. Uh, up to the second best information based on where the market is, what the strategies are, what people are doing. And um, and I even save like a couple empty slots uh, to make sure that I, in case somebody's doing something crazy, like two weeks before I find out about it, just put it in there. So um, go to flippackinglive.com, grab your ticket. Thank you guys so much, Priscilla and Ray, for being here with me today. Welcome. It was really awesome. Um, this is a killer show. I know everybody's going to love it. So thank you guys. Thank you so and much for having us. You're welcome. And everybody out there, I will see you on the next one. Bye.